Michael Vincent the Dude. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Freight Alley. Good Monday afternoon. Oh, uh, man. I feel like I've been maced by uh, Mother Nature's. Yeah, too, I see too that. You got the glasses on, bro. Well, it's maple pollen season yeah. out here right now in uh, Chattanooga. It lasts like three or four weeks. <clears throat> uh, that's what I'm learning. So I developed that like up in the Northeast, and it's just it's just brutal this time of year. It is brutal this time of year. Didn't yeah. we learn that this was all due to city planners? Like in 1949, Dutch elm disease attacked America, and all the city planners were like, all right, we have to build all these new trees, but yep. they didn't want to build. They didn't want to plant female trees because they dropped fruit, and it would have taken more to clean up. So they put all the male trees out there. Yes, and they shoot their pollen all over the place. And there's no female trees to catch it. <laughs> you are correct, sir. We there's did learn eyeballs. that. My eyeballs are the <laughs> female trees right. now. That is right. You need to know what gender that tree is before you plant it. Yeah. Well, I went to an all-boys Catholic school, so I know what happens when you... you oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, all right. So you got trees a... around to grow. Okay. Uh, did you get into anything this weekend? Uh, well, you know, I was just getting pool ready and smashing my thumb with a hammer and stuff. It's like twice the size of my other one now, which was nice. You know, dad kind of... beautiful. Nice you always come back with a new injury over, over the... Yeah, week. well, that's me. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I kept it safe. Some balls came flying at my direction. I went over oh, to cool. the Chattanooga Lookouts over here, and I was pretty observant when I was out there. If you notice out in that field... There's two logistics companies that are sponsoring the team. You got uh, Steam Logistics over on the right, oh, and you yeah, got USS, yeah, yeah. US Express over on the far left. And if you see on that Steam poster, they are hiring. They are hiring. Hey, and, and fill uh, up the building right yeah, next door to it. That's right. And they're not going to make you sign a non compete either, are they? Well, I don't think so. Yeah, on the really show today, we're going to be talking about surviving turbulent times in trucking, how pyrotechnic logistics works, why the ATA is wrong about driver shortage, and way more. So hang tight. But first, we have to uh, tip the band. Yes, we do. Net zero emissions by 2035. That's the headline from AIT Worldwide Logistics Sustainability Report. But just one aspect of their overall commitment to corporate social responsibility, whether it's protecting the planet, nurturing the communities where we live and work, or ensuring high quality business continuity, AIT is taking action today to deliver a better tomorrow. Where can they learn more, Vincent? You know what? They can go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after this show. Headlines! Craig Fuller was busy over the weekend writing about why every American should care that diesel prices are surging throughout the country. That's right. Craig Fuller reports truck stop retail diesel prices hit a new record of $5.32 a gallon. Since February 1st, national truck stop diesel prices have increased by $1.57 a gallon. For an owner-operator's truck, it's 6.5 miles per gallon. This equates to a cost increase of 24 cents per mile. Ouch! 24 cents a mile is huge. So what's so important about diesel, you ask? The trucks, you know those trucks that drive around and deliver stuff to us, everything? Yeah, those are Class 8s, and 97% of those guys use diesel. And no, Elon Musk is not going to uh, come here and save us. Tesla announced that uh, semi in 2017 they were going to have like 100,000 by sure. now. No, there's 20, uh, and mostly of those are prototypes, right? So you've got, uh, and, and trains as well. Trains are running diesel. Basically yeah. everything you got, it moves. It's got to be uh, used with diesel. Super smooth, super smooth. We were in that. We were in that Nicola Trey as well. So yeah. I mean, there are electric trucks out there, but they're just not. They're not really ready for prime time. This is a pilot thing. It's not something that's going to 
you know, change or transition the industry right. or something that, that a fleet can really worry about right at this direct moment. But <laughs> over one-fifth of our electricity in the United States actually comes from coal, right? That's 22% of it. Diesel-powered trains transport that coal. Diesel is also critical to the health of our imports and exports because 80% of the ships that transport products via ocean are also using diesel. What does this mean? It means that not just trucking companies are paying more. Everybody, every intermediary, every consumer is paying more. We're all paying more. That's why when you look at some of those, the, 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 what people are paying, when you're looking at that number, what people are paying on goods, they're, oh, paying yeah, them, yeah. But they're getting less. They're getting much less. They're getting absolutely a, a, a lot less. My wife finally noticed it. Yeah. She came back and said, man, stuff is getting expensive at the grocery yeah, store. I noticed my credit card bill getting more and, oh, and getting yeah. less for it. Absolutely. Bigger and bigger. Yep. Headline over the weekend was uh, trucking loses 300,000 drivers a year. But uh, Rooster says, hey, not so fast about that, right? On Thursday, Secretary of Transportation, Sec Pete over there, he said uh, at the subcommittee hearing, he was saying part of the labor issue right now is availability of truck drivers. He says his department estimates 300,000 people leave the career every year, and we just can't afford that. That's a direct quote from him. Yeah, it is. But how they calculate that 300,000 figure is something that we never really get. Just it is what it is. So that 300,000 figure we just keep hearing, we don't know where exactly it's coming from. Is it drivers that get out altogether, or is it drivers that are flipping from carrier to carrier? Uh, or going to owner-operator like we saw over the last uh, little bit. And, you know, we know that some agencies and associations don't count those guys, and every three years the the the, the, the trucking industry kind of takes these dips right there, and we're, we're in one right now. Yeah, we're headed into one of those cycles right now, yep. unfortunately. Um, and, you know, I think what Rooster's going on here, too, by, by we is – is this another sort of ATA message or is this an industry-wide message? Who does that right. we represent? Because we saw a record number of drivers leave the mega carriers and go over to smaller carriers last year. We also yes, saw we did. a record number of fleets lined up. And is that 300,000 every year? I think what Rooster here is just saying, hey, how did you get the number? What's yeah, how did you get the Show number? What is it really? Yeah. Exactly. J.B. Hunt, they recognize 69 drivers for safe driving. A little positive news to get you off on this Monday. Sharky reports supply chain logistics provider J.B. Hunt Transport. They just held their million mile celebration last week honoring those 69 drivers who achieved 2 million and 4 million miles driven. So not even 1 million. You're talking 2 and 4 million miles driven with a, without a preventable accident. It's a lot of miles. Drivers and their families and fellow J.B. Hunt employees celebrated uh, their achievements at the company's headquarters in Lowell, Arkansas. We'll be out that way, Northwest Arkansas, next week. Corporate employees lined up to congratulate the drivers on their way to the honorary lunch, which wrapped with an award ceremony with the company leaders. Yeah, pretty awesome cool. Stuff. They gave away almost a million dollars in safety bonuses, $900,000 in safety yeah. bonuses. Uh, they also had their first female million miler is Edwin. She oh, had uh, three million safe drivers, uh, safe miles. CEO Nick Hobbs says the celebration is one of our favorite events of the year. It takes a great amount of patience and dedication to drive two million plus safe miles. And we're honored to recognize the men and women who go above and beyond each day to ensure Davy Hunt remains one of the safest fleets on the road. So, hey, look, Cabo. Yeah, man. For the 69 of you who got that. And when you see some of the videos we're going to play at the end of the show, you'll be like, yeah, it really isn't that hard to achieve with some of these maniacs out on the road. <laughs> it's very difficult with some of these nut bars you're going to see, that's for sure. Hey, let's go to our first guest. we got Michael Ritzma. He's the president at Superior Trucking Payroll Services. Good afternoon to you, sir. Thanks for joining us on the show. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey, whose uh, jersey is that behind you? That is Steve Garvey. I'm sorry, I'll try and turn oh, there it you go. There. Nice. All-time favorite baseball player since I was a little kid. And I got to meet him five years ago at a minor league baseball game. I didn't have this signed then, but I did. Uh, I got it signed later. Uh, yeah, it was just a 
I, I'm sure it came from when I was a kid. My dad brought me back Dodger stuff from a work trip or something. Uh, and he also went to Michigan State, which is where I went to college. So, yeah, yep, my all-time favorite. We're yeah. going to say you're a Sparty, too. Yeah, yeah Mr. Sparty, Sparty over here. Right. That's right. Well, uh, introduce <laughs> yourself to us. man. How, what, what do you do over at Superior, uh, at Superior, Superior Payroll? It, what we do is we're the square peg for the square hole. We're a payroll service that specializes in helping trucking companies. We really don't do anybody else. We don't do doctor's offices or restaurants or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, all we do is help trucking companies. Our, our mission is to help trucking families. And so we help with the payroll things because we understand trucking and the challenges of it as it relates to payroll. Uh, with other payroll services that are fine for your doctor's offices and whatnot, they're great at uh, understanding yeah, restaurants and things like that, but they don't know what a lumper is. And they don't understand when the trucking company calls them and says, yeah, we're waiting for bills. We'll get you the payroll in a little bit. We know they'll wait for bills lading so they can pay the driver and things like that. Uh, we also get per diem and why it's so great for the trucking company to pay it. Just things like that. We just get trucking. And so we want to be helpful to the, all the people in the industry that work so hard. Yeah, it's important to understand the industry that you're in and servicing, Mike. I get that 100%. And a couple of weeks ago, the, the ATA published an article that argued that uh, the driver turnover is actually a good sign. It's empowering the drivers, right? Yeah. Uh, what's your take on that? Do you agree with that or disagree? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I didn't ask beforehand if I can swear on this show, so I'll just say it's a big line of BS. Uh, you know, you know it's, it's just so dumb. I think that their article was trying to say that the, the turnover doesn't mean people are leaving the industry and the rate of the turnover. And that was kind of their central point. But they go through all this other nonsense to get there that just made me crazy. I'm like, you guys are supposed to be the leaders. Come on, you're the ATA. You're supposed to be the voice of reason and the voice of the industry instead of just being a shell for the trucking companies that some, let's be honest, there's a lot of trucking companies, which means some of them are not great employers and some of them are. And so people leave the not great employers. And it just bugged me, too, because they make it sound like turnover is just no big deal. It's like going to McDonald's instead of Burger King that day. And it's not. Changing a job is a very stressful event. You have to get signed up with a new insurance and go through the waiting period. You have to wonder, is my dispatcher going to be cool or is he going to be or she going to be not cool? What's, what kind of equipment am I going to get? What kind of routes am I going to get? You know, all these things, there's all these unknowns and they make it sound like, oh, it's good. It's a good thing because people we see it as opportunity because people can bounce around wherever they want. And that's nonsense. Nobody wants to do that. You guys probably didn't start your jobs there going, man, I can't wait for the next job in three months. That's nonsense. <laughs> that's true. Right. And yeah, so, no, you're right. And, and it bugs me, too. And then they talk about the immediate the quote I've got from their article. What does this mean for turnover? Driver A, who's been working at a fleet for only four months, knows he can jump to another carrier and yeah. get an immediate $15,000 signing bonus plus pay raise. Six months later, he can do the same thing again. <laughs> yeah. Do any of you guys, you guys know, I know a lot of people in trucking. You guys know a lot more people in trucking. Who's paying immediate $15,000 sign-on bonuses? Tweet me at Trucking Payroll. Let me know who it is because I want to know who those people are too. I'll tell all my friends to go get CDLs just to go bounce around those $15,000 things every couple of months. It's due for six months, right? It's a sweet gig, man. Months. You can make an extra 60 k a year. So how do those, <laughs> so how do those like, so let's be fair, it's a counter argument. Because yeah. people tell us all the time, I haven't driven a truck, but they tell us those bonuses. There's a lot of qualifications. They take a lot of time for those to fade, and they are not immediate. Uh, if they are immediate, a portion of it, a percentage of it is added to each paycheck. It's not 
not like you just handed a big giant check of $15,000 made out of cardboard that you walked down to Bank of America with. (laughs) How do they actually work? From what we see from our clients, I don't have clients that are paying 15 grand. First of all, 15 grand would be a team generally, uh, and it would be, but it'd be over a year or two. Uh, We have clients that pay, I have a client I'm thinking of in particular that pays off a $5,000 signing bonus. But they, they tell you right away, we pay it $400 a month for 12 months. We give you $200 up front and then $400 a month for 12 months. And that makes more sense because it's not really a sign-on bonus. And there's a whole discussion about whether sign-on bonuses are a good idea or not. And I say they're not. But uh, it just, yeah, there, no, one, no one's paying immediate $15,000. And like the ATA ought to know that. And that's the part, that's what really got my blood pressure up about this is that they know better. Um, they're, they're making up arguments they don't need to make up. Uh, you know, they did invent the turnover metric, according to them. They invented employee turnover calculations. Yeah, and so I've yeah, never seen right. anybody attribute that. You know, I invented air, so congratulate <laughs> me. <laughs> well, so what do you I know think a guy about... Who invented the internet. <laughs> what, so some big numbers have been thrown around. Some big numbers have been thrown around recently. Of course, the ATA, they love to throw out that $80,000 Number is that a number that you're contesting? I mean, uh, some people think that like, oh yeah, there's absolutely a driver shortage, but that's not really true. And I talked to a lot of people in trucking; they will they will easily argue against the fact that there's a, a driver shortage. I would argue against it just watching the spot rates go down as we add a record number of fleets because there's yeah. a lot of capacity. It's a capacity-driven market. Yeah, I I think that the eighty thousand dollars you drive for Walmart, you, you can make that. Oh, um, I mean the eighty thousand drivers, think, like the eighty thousand drivers. Eighty thousand drivers. Oh, yeah, that's all to me. That's all supply and demand. You know, we talk about uh, there's a driver shortage, which would mean then that loads aren't getting moved that need to get moved, right? If there's no one to haul them, we don't have autonomous trucks yet. So wouldn't that mean produce rotting on the dock? Yeah. Uh, I don't see that happening. You know, what happens is in produce, the rate just goes up when they need to get more trucks. So it's really i mean it's a long term to me it's a long term compensation problem that's been going on since like 1980 where wages just didn't increase like they should have once deregulation hit i mean trucking used to pay like a skilled trade and it really doesn't anymore and that's unfortunate and there's a lot of reasons why and it's not anything anybody's going to solve today but it's you know that that's the problem is that you know the trucking didn't keep up and in the in that article they cite that rates have gone up five times faster since 2019 than they had. What they're really saying in a very political way is rates didn't go up for a long time. Uh, You know, truck drivers weren't. And one of the other issues, too, that I see is that you don't see trucking companies in general distinguishing between a driver that barely qualifies to be a truck driver and an exceptional truck driver. The exceptional truck driver should get paid more. And they get treated like a commodity in a lot of companies because the truck, the shippers treat the trucking companies like a commodity, so everything's competing on price. And I think that's a bad way to do it. If you, if you ask any, any trucking company owner, you know, how you're, how do I want to say this? You know, the, the worst drivers that you have, if you could get rid of them, how much better your life would be. And they all go, oh man, I'd get my weekends back. I'd get all these things back. I had a trucking company owner who had about 50 trucks say to me, I'm ready to get rid of my 20, sell 20% of my trucks and get rid of 20% of my worst drivers. And I'm like, well, you're just going to have the same problem six months from now because you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, or your company's going to keep shrinking by 20% every six months. And so, yeah, and like just differentiate between your drivers and pay your good ones or don't make bad hires at all if you can. Yeah. Um, and I know that's easy for me to say. I don't, I don't have loads to move, but I get it. 
Now, you make a good point in talking about paying, paying the drivers. You know, there's so much detention and time off that or time that they're out there not getting paid. Should, should we, they really be arguing for, for overtime? Should drivers be getting paid overtime? You know, that overtime thing is tricky because what's, I, what I think would happen is, let's just say overtime becomes mandated because mm-hmm. um, that's really how it would happen. They're just going to lower the driver rates instead of paying 50 cents a mile kind of as a working number right now. They'd start paying them 40 cents and pay them overtime. And it would work out to the same compensation. Uh, unless you're going to get rates somehow to be increased across the board permanently, uh, which is a tricky thing because it's such a supply and demand thing. But I, I think I fear that mandating overtime would, wouldn't increase the driver's pay. And that's my concern. Yeah, you think they would just dispatch around it because right. then they're suddenly not going to want to pay right. this driver overtime, so they're going to take him out of service and, and favor some, someone else who's getting paid. Well, less. But how about how about the per day, right? You posted something on LinkedIn talking about uh, per diem as a substitute for upfront wage. How does that factor in, and why would that be attractive to a driver? How would you position that to them? Oh, I would tell the driver it's the biggest raise they're ever going to get. Uh, basically, the IRS allows $69 a day to be paid as per diem to a truck driver for meals and incidentals while they're on the road. Uh, that's at five days a week is what, $345 that you can pay them that's not taxable to the driver. So then that's the last $365. So it's the highest tax, $345, excuse me. So with that, you can your taxes go down significantly. You're going to pick up, depending on your W-4, what you claim and what state you're in, locality and whatnot, you're going to save about 90 bucks a week in take-home pay. That's significant. Uh, It used to be, back in the day, that if the trucking company didn't pay per diem to you, you could deduct it on your taxes, but you never got all of it back. You got about half back if you already itemized, and you had to wait until uh, you filed your taxes to get it. With the the trucking company paying per diem to you, you get 80, 90 bucks, 100 bucks a week right out of the gate. I mean, yeah, you get a little less Social Security on the back end, but I don't think anybody argues that Social Security is the greatest investment anyway. Mm-hmm. So you may take the 100 bucks now and put it into your IRA or something, and you'll be better off. Uh, it, it's also good for the trucking company, by the way. Uh, a lot of times they don't end up paying work comp on it, and they don't pay uh, Social Security and Medicare. So yeah. it, it's a win for everybody. Everybody should be doing it, and you should be paying it by the day. There are a lot of companies that pay it by the mile or as a percentage of the wage or whatever. If you're not getting to 69 bucks a day, you're leaving money on the table. And if you're over 69 bucks a day because you're too aggressive in your percentage, you're out of compliance with the IRS. And we all know being out of compliance with the DOT is no fun. Try the IRS once. It's no fun either. <laughs> it isn't any fun. You know what is a lot of fun? Sending somebody to the wheel of stupid questions. What do you think? Go for it. Let's do it. You're first up today. <laughs> so you, this week? you get to break it Start today. Here well. it is, my friend. All right, ready? Do you pull in or do you back in when you're parking? I pull in. Pull in, smart man. Me too. Straight you in. You mess around with yep. that backup stuff? You I, back in? Uh, oh, no. Oh, only if I, it's necessary with my pickup truck, right? Yeah. yeah. There's some That's people it. are like adamant about having to back in, like in case there's like a, a attack or something. They need I, to get out fast, bro. <laughs> you need, I need to get, to get out of town quickly. <laughs> hey, how, do, hey, how do people learn more? How do people connect with you and learn more? Ah, hit me up at truckingpayroll.com, Twitter at truckingpayroll, LinkedIn, find me there. Uh, I'm in all those places. You even got a TikTok page. I don't really understand TikTok, but I was told I need it. So Mm. we got that too. Yeah, just hit us up. You know, we're in our missions to help trucking families. So we we have people that call us that never become clients 
it's cool. You know, if they have a question, we want to try and answer it for them. We want to be a resource to the trucking industry that allows me to have fresh food in the winter. So, nice. <laughs> you know, whatever I can do to help, we want to do. Well, thanks, Mike. We appreciate it. Have a great awesome stuff. Get man. off to a great week. I hope this thanks, is a good guys. start to it. Take care. Thanks All for the chat. Who's coming next? It's uh, Christopher Kelly. He's the vice president of strategic planning over at Capital Logistics. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Gentlemen, how are you? Chris, where are you? Uh, what part of the world are you hanging out in today? Today, we are, uh, I am from um, born and raised in New Jersey, I'm sitting here in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, um, which is probably uh, 40 or 30 miles uh, on the other side of the river, or Hudson River from New York City. Um, so, yeah, sitting here in central Jersey today. A little bit gloomy, a little bit rainy, but we're off to a good Monday. Well, you got to be excited about the page. I mean, about the uh, the Jets draft, right? Uh, you want to talk about football? Believe it or not, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going you know, to just put this out there now. I am a Dallas Cowboy fan sitting in New Jersey, so uh, which is difficult. And I'll tell you a funny story. My first, uh, one of my first jobs at Maersk Line um, when I started in the industry back in '96. I worked, I was the operations manager for Maersk in, uh, in New Jersey. And my direct report was a guy by the name of Gary Shirk, who was the tight end for the New York Giants back in 1978 to 85. Mm-hmm. So his last year was Phil Simms' first year as a quarterback. And uh, I'll tell you what, reporting, a Cowboy fan reporting actually to a New York Giant was a difficult thing to do. I don't know how you lasted, but uh, but God bless you for doing so. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's ask you, what, what's up over at Capital Logistics, and what are you seeing in the market right now from, from your desk? Oh, wow. You know, there's, you know, this June, I'll be in the industry 28 years, believe mm-hmm. it or not, which is hard to believe. And so uh, I spent most of my career, a lot of my career, on the intermodal drayage, port drayage, railroad side. Uh, about five years ago, I got into the frozen food warehousing side. I joined a company called Preferred Freezer Logistics that got bought by Lineage Logistics, and I ran that asset-based fleet there. So um, a lot is going on, right, in our industry right now. We got high fuel right now. Uh, We got contract rates versus spot rates, and what is that doing to the market and volume? And so, um, you know, at Capital, I've joined the organization. I'm coming up on my ninth month, and it's... um, it's an unbelievable organization, uh, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Um, fa- um, privately owned, two great, generous owners that started the company 12 years ago. Extremely healthy business, and it really started with the produce world and produce. And so we're very um, temperature-controlled, frozen food-centric, produce-centric. And so right now, you know, what we're seeing is uh, volume is soft. Um, but our business is, is extremely healthy right now. We have great carrier relationships. Um, we have a great, one of the best, in my opinion, uh, salesman in the, Greg Ackner, uh, who's been in the industry for 20 years, who is one of the best in the business in the sales side. Um, we have great uh, vice president of operations and uh, my colleague, TJ Tittingen, who's built an operation over very, the last six years. Very cool. Awesome. Chris, very cool. Uh, Chris no, you I mentioned Greg, fuel. You mentioned that, that stuff's all great, but let's talk about the market here. You mentioned yeah. fuel. Um, how are rising fuel costs impacting you, the team, and your customers? 
Well, you know, we um, it's really impacting the carriers, right? And so we're sitting there. We're very sympathetic to the carriers. Um, we understand that when you're, you know, their their fuel cost is rising, um, and we're very transparent with them. And we have a lot of, you know, healthy discussions. We want to make sure that, um, you know, the carrier rates that we're getting from our our, our truckers is fair. Um, but we got to be able to get the business as well. So we balance that very well. And I think it's really with the transparency in terms with our carriers and our relationships. You have to have those healthy Yeah, discussions. but I mean, your customers, though, I know you're having these good discussions, but are your customers being impacted by this at all? I know we, we all are. I mean, I, I've seen pictures of $7 yep. diesel. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's great for the communication, amount. but are people actually being impacted by this is what I'm asking here. Yeah, sure. You know, you take a look, right? And so... We have a very healthy business where we're probably 50-50 contract versus spot. Our spot business has really taken, a, you know, obviously a decline right now because the volume is just not waterfalling over to the second, third tier, you know, options. Um, but, you know, everyone's feeling it. And so I think as we come out with more, you know, of the, you know, the larger customer earnings reports and we see how it's impacting them. But yeah, I mean, listen, everyone's feeling the pain right now. And so yeah. it's a matter of how are you just using your dollar? I mean, we're feeling the pain, right? I don't like yeah. going pain. Well, I mean, early yeah, earnings reports yeah, aren't really going to reflect what's actually been happening in the past month, though. That's the problem with yeah. learning yeah. of the echoes of the past and answering right. to the echoes of the past. I mean, a lot of these challenges are happening right now. What's the hardest mode to service right now? We were actually just talking to the Drake community on Friday, they had a ton of challenges, but I don't know. What are you seeing? Yeah, I watched their show on Friday, and I've been in that world, in that intermodal drage port world, and that is hand-to-hand, daily. I call it. I used to call it the bare knuckle fight every single day. Um, how do you reposition your chassis? How do you work with the marine terminals? How do you get your truckers more efficiency? You know, I think that is a very difficult world right now because what's happening is, you know, when now you're seeing the slowdown in China. Uh, and that's a major concern for me. Um, you're going to have a lot of freight that's going to try to get, you know, bypass the West Coast. It's going to come over to the East Coast, you know, on an all water service from China in the Trans-Pacific trade. And there was an article just, um, you know, last week is a lot of these marine terminals are shutting off empty container returns. Um because quite frankly, they just don't have the land and the space anymore. You know, these marine terminals, when I started in the business back in 96, 97, the vessels were 7,800 TEU vessels. Now they're 22,000 TEU vessels out there. Um, we're landlocked and that's an issue, you know, and as the vessels get bigger and freight becomes more available onto the terminal and you can't get to it quickly, it just bogs the whole system up. And so that's a very challenging, you know, atmosphere to be in is that Port Drage Container International side right now. Yeah, so Christopher, you, you mentioned that you are mostly uh, frozen and temperature controlled uh, produce centric, right? Or shipping yeah. centric, right? So how are things yeah. affecting your business right now? You said it was a little bit, it was a little soft right now. Is it seasonally soft, do you think? Or, or, or is there something else going on underneath there? Yeah, you know, produce is taking a little bit slower start, I think, than it has traditionally. We're starting to see, you know, California has some drought issues. And I think the California produce season's, you know, off to a slower start than we anticipated. Um, you know, probably by two or three weeks, we're starting to see some things pop up uh, in terms of the produce coming now, especially in Florida. But we're really waiting for that California, you know, blitz to really start to happen. 
Um, but certainly, I think because of the weather and the you know the environment, I think the, the produce season this year has started off a little bit slower than we anticipated. Hey, uh, Chris. Uh, well, I don't know if this is good news or bad news, but Yahoo Sports gave the Cowboys a C for their draft. So, like, kind of like right, oh, right? <laughs> kind of right in the middle. Right, just well. did okay. I'll, I'll, take a, I'll take I'll, I'll take a C in the Cowboy world nowadays, which is pretty pathetic. But I'll take a C. Under promise, overperform. <laughs> how, how do people uh, how, how do people reach out and learn more? Uh, well, listen, um, thanks for being on the show. You can reach me online on LinkedIn. Certainly, I think Christopher W. Kelly and certainly go to our website, CapitalLogisticsLLC.com. Um, you know, we're really looking forward to supporting a lot of people's business. And um, we have a lot of capacity and really good, energetic um, and passionate people. So um, so please reach out. and We're here to help. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate your time today. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Take it easy. All right, your customers and investors want to know what your company is serious that your company is serious about sustainability. That's right. Sorry, first read of the month. It's always always takes a second here. Uh, show them the depth of your commitment when you rely on AIT Worldwide Logistics for your freight forwarding needs. From scope three carbon footprint reporting to calculating emissions at the transaction level, partnering with AIT sends a clear message to your stakeholders. You mean business when it comes to sustainability. Go uh, learn more at where you want to go. <laughs> go to AIT Worldwide. Dot com immediately after I told them once I'm telling you again go there immediately after the show what trucking company needs to be productive safe and profitable to stay in business well of course yours does that's why the folks who built keeptrucking.com just rebranded to motive go safe go productive go profitable go motive that's right that's what what did I say? Go, that's GoMotive.com, my friend. I think that's how they want us to read I that one. I think that's it. Uh, for over 35 years, Freeworthy Solutions has provided a single source of solutions to help monitor and manage DOT compliance while mitigating risk for private and for higher carriers. With advanced technologies and exponential client services, Fleetworthy becomes an extension of your team to make your company go... Beyond BeyondCompliant.com. Yes. You need right. to work on, is it beyondcompliant.com? I think, I think so. Just, just go uh, beyond compliant. I think it just says go beyond. It's fleetworthysolutions.com. They want you to go beyond compliant. Yes, they All probably right. do. And I will, because I'm going to go to fleetworthysolutions.com. Right, Maybe this will be my next co-host. Sharon Harding coming up, <laughs> director, at, director at Provider Development at Ascent. She's here with us now. Jeez. Sharon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me today, guys. Where are you coming to us from? What part of the world are you sitting at today? The lovely Welleron Airport here in Belleville, Michigan. Oh, oh nice, right. nice. Well, and you know what's cool, too? We are both former FedEx supply chain alumni as well. That's how I cut my teeth in this business. That's how I cut mine as well. Well, hey, you know, when, when a mar good or bad in a market, carrier relationships are very, very important. And now if there's a downturn in spot and if things are going in that direction, but even if it wasn't, this is really where you want to solidify that thing. But let's define that. Let's start there. What do carrier relationships mean to you? Well, we're actually seeing the opposite. We, uh, we feel like the relationships mean more when you're busy because they can go everywhere, right? Everyone's busy. But when you're slower, they kind of want to do business with you. So re carrier relationships means to us is everything. We are a third-party logistics company that manages expedites and um, air charters for our, our customers. So they're hot. They're expensive shipments. They need to be moved today, now. So the, the more relationships we have with the providers and the trust that we have in them, it really is priceless. It, it is, Sharon. Agreed, agreed 100%. Welcome to the show. How, how, on a people-to-people -people level, how, how do you improve those relationships and, and grow them and, and make them stronger? Well, we try to put ourselves in their shoes. 
We, we literally put ourselves in their shoes. We go to their facilities. We learn their dispatch. Do they have multiple teams? Do they have a dispatch? Do they have a, um, a, a sorry, a bidding team, an awards team, a safety team? And we kind of learn how they do their business so we can integrate what we do with them to make us all successful. And in, in the end, really, we train endless training. Um, we're all learning every day. There's things that are changing every day in this world. So it's important for us to continually train and educate the providers that are moving our customers freight. Well, that's cool. How does tech integrate into that? Like the, the relationship between tech and people? Well, our first class, world-class service provider that we have, um, AscentGL.com. Make sure you all go check it out and uh, look at our, our lovely website and our portal really houses it all. Um, our customers are integrated with us. They put their freight in our system. The carriers, a lot of them are integrated with us. If not, we encourage them to. Um, the less that they can do hands-on, you know, the day-to-day, the in-and-out times, the um, hourly tracking updates that we require, the more you can free that up, the more chances you have to bid and win more shipments. Yeah, so Sharon, we're kind of going into a down market here, uh, to put it uh, lightly, but uh, how does that stress really affect those relationships and how does that stress affect the carriers? The entire industry affects the carriers, the stress on on, on our customers, our, our own company and the carrier base. I think the last you know 18 months have shown that across the whole industry that both um, Michael and Christopher talked about, you know, fuel increase in truck costs, increase mm-hmm. in all of the above to, you know, manage a trucking industry or a trucking company. Um, it, we strive to, you know, over communicate the expectations with the providers that we're utilizing when we launch the aircrafts on the other side of this, this lovely uh, shade behind me. Um, you know, we, we want to ensure that they're going to be there to pick up and deliver on time. It's not freight nothing against the dedicated provider, but they're picking up and delivering at the same place every time. They get the relationships with the guard shack. They have the relationships with um, the dock workers. They know what gate, what dock to go to, what the safety requirements are. These guys that are going in for these expedites, it's it's something different every time. They may go there twice a year, so they may forget the the dock, the gate, the people that are there. So we, we, we really take it an extra step. We have a lovely safety app that helps educate the drivers before they're going into those facilities to kind of refresh themselves so they don't have any safety incidents and go to the proper places. So putting that extra step forward to in, ensure that everyone that's, you know, playing with us is playing on our team since y'all were talking football, go Detroit Lions. Sorry, I I'm probably I just probably got cut off, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, no. That's all, right. no, all good. Ray Sharky's probably happy someone oh, mentioned yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> There's two of us. You know, <laughs> well, hey, you mentioned communication, though, and I, I still have nightmares from my days of doing air freight and being on 24 hour call doing yeah. air freight perishable ship air shipments in Boston. I, I don't I don't miss those days. It was rough. But you're right. Communication is key. But a lot of times we say words like communication, visibility, and we don't really quantify them. What is communication to you? What is good communication in this space? 24 seven. If you're moving a shipment for us, we have to have contact with you. Um, we're keeping our customers lines up, right? We're heavily automotive industrial. So, uh, you know, we're all have a chip shortage. You look on every trucking or every uh, automaker's lot out there and there's nothing to buy. So, you know, we're trying to keep those lines up so they can continually make those cars that we love to drive um, or the industri- industrial facility or um, the John Deere's of the world that we, you know, got to have those lovely tractors out there to keep our farmers going to keep you know food on our on our plates as well so all of that you know is a is a constant um web that we weave in this entire industry whether it is automotive food like uh christopher was saying that he you know he's heavily dominating in all of us in the trucking world make such a huge impact across the globe 
um, not even here, you know, just in the States, but across the globe. So if we're not communicating with us, with each other, what do we have? You know, when you're, when you think you're done, communicate, communicate some more. Do we have something that's going wrong with a truck? Do they have a flat tire? My God, mm-hmm. you drive out here on the Michigan roads and you can have a flat tire in, in, in a second. But communicate that to us, right? Um, don't cover it up. Be, you know, be open, honest, and fair. That's all we can ask for. Yeah, transparent communication, very important, especially in expedited shipping, no doubt about it. You know what else is important? Talent. And it's been harder and harder to get these days. How about it? How is it finding talent and qualified talent? Just getting people in seats is difficult these days, but getting qualified talent. How is that working out for you guys? We're finally getting back out there, out, you know, mm. outside of the COVID world so we can, you know, go face-to-face meetings, have face-to-face interviews, and uh, go back to conferences. Um, it's been nice to have those face-to-face and, you know, not not square to square like we have right now, um, but having the ability to go out and have that face-to-face conversation with a trucking company, whether they have 10 trucks or a thousand trucks, they're all as equally important to us. Um, I know we talked about that and your past shows how the, um, a lot of the drivers have moved from the larger uh, trucking companies to the smaller ones. And we see that as well, uh, but it's, it's equally as important if, you're still moving something in that truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very important. Sure. And I guess that's the last thing before we let you go. Any concerns so far about the rising cost of fuel that's been going on in the market? I know it's a big topic of conversation over the past two weeks. I mean, I've passed a couple of yeah. months just looking at them, but especially yeah. as it stayed above $5 and hasn't moved downwards. It keeps going up, right? Right. Um, <sighs> every, everything that we purchase and everything that we own is going to continually rise as, as the, you know, the diesel price continues to go up. We can't, you can't take a loss on fuel just to continue, you know, continue keeping your rates the same. So it's important for everyone out there to understand that your, you know, the, the diesel rates do affect everything that you purchase. Everything so, that you have comes by truck. It's tough. Every, you know, and it's and not just as like a logistics professional, just in general, as someone like with a family, as an American on this yeah. world, like yeah, these diesel prices staying sustained, they're they're not they're not cool. Don't uh, they're not good for you at all. Guidance, a lot of guidance no. needed in the market right now, especially as especially if things are slowing down. And you're a great person to talk to. Where should we send them to to connect with you and build those relationships? I am um, on LinkedIn, so Sharon Harding. You can find me pretty easily on there. Um, AscentGL.com is our website as well. Uh, both places are an easy place to find me. Thank you, Sharon. Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show today. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Take Thanks, Sharon. All right, let's talk to uh, the well-named Timothy. Kunkel, he's director over at F Expedited, and they're a really cool story. I mean, not only is he, an, is he an Ohio State guy, but he had to go there when they lost two BCS championships in a row. In a row, in a row, dude. In a row. Not good years, dude. Ted Tim, Kidd Jr. breaks his ankle. Tim, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for that. Thanks for that introduction. Wasn't yeah, expecting. right. <laughs> were, were you a big Ohio State football fan over there? You kind of have to be. Yeah, I don't consider myself a huge football fan, but. Um, I went to Ohio State, and I therefore am. Yeah, it's, requ- it's required. Well, you have a super, super neat company. I, I was looking into the background and, and how you splintered off, but let's start with the, let's start with the parent, because this is cool enough. What is Pyrotechnico? Yeah, so Pyrotechnico is a, really two operating divisions of that, fireworks and special effects. Um, been private motor carriers for a very long time, and, um, you know, with the, the pandemic, that industry really was hit as early, as hard, and for as long as anything. You can't gather. Um, it's, it's a big problem for that industry. So 
scaled way down, to cut close to the bone um, at the start of the pandemic, took one of those private motor carrier numbers, made it a four hire entity. And um, we've been you know, trying to grow the trucking side ever since. Coming out of the pandemic, uh, there's now um, a sound lighting and video operating company and um, pretty much triple the size they were before the pandemic. So coming out strong and uh, trucking ties it all together. And we were sort of, uh, we're taking our old operating in the niches experience and um, going back at that. Yeah. So Timothy, is that, is that the spinoff to F, F expedited? Is that, is that how that occurred? That kind of yeah. pivot? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, kind of rode a hot spot market for as long as it was learned a lot, yeah. a little bit, and we're pivoting back to the niches because, um, it's a, if the market has to do what it's doing, it's a good time because consumer fireworks are ramping up. Um, the, the fireworks industry needs all their containers. Um, well, hold on a second. Let's let's see, show some of these pictures here, guys. Like yeah. th- these are ramping up too. People are getting Check back out. out into there. And I took these off your website. You have done some massive, massive shows. Uh, keep cycling through these boys. That's Fallout Boy right there. I believe that's the Chain Smokers there. Let's keep going. Uh, let's keep it moving. We got. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure who that is. I think the next one's the weekend though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the weekend right there. Yeah. Who else we got here? Yeah. Oh, even lasers too. So it's not just pyro. Lasers the are laser very light cool. Show. I think that says what does that say? What the ship or something? I don't know. Ship happens. Look at this outdoor. Deal That's the here. Super Bowl. That was oh, the Super Bowl. Oh, really? Very cool. Yep. That is. Oh, oh what? A, oh, and gender Ke- even Kevin parties. Hill's gender reveal party. Congratulations to uh, to Kevin Hill. I don't know if they really did that one. No, you probably didn't really haul that, but we'll throw it in there anyways. We'll get. Well, it you credit. do need them these Everything days. You don't want to set a forest fire on fire. No, but absolutely like, you are. T- so you're moving. How does this work? How does that? Like I watch this pyro all the time. I love pyro, but how does it get? Like how does it get there? How does that happen? Uh, vast majority is is brought in from overseas. So. Um, you know, the challenge for, for the industry is uh, predicting what you need for, for an upcoming year. Um, you know, placing those orders, there's several month lead times, even when things are flowing smoothly, which not sure they ever have. But um, there's, you know, storage here domestically. And then, you know, you're, you're packing shows, packing box trucks, sending stuff out to shows. There's a big reverse logistics component of it as well. So the, the explosives hauling is, is complicated. It requires hazmat safety permits, which uh, a very small number of carriers have, and even fewer are a for-hire company, which, which we're happy to say we now are. Oh, is that, is that right? So hauling those pyros is very, very, very niche then. You can't just throw that on a yellow or a saya or somebody like that, huh? No, uh, consumer fireworks are a 1.4G explosive. Okay. Common carriers often yeah. have uh, the coverage and the ability to haul that, but uh, the big stuff that you see at large, oh, okay. you know, the large Fourth of July shows, those are 1.3G explosives, and that requires a hazmat safety permit, which is, you know, you're you're under a microscope too with the FMCSA when you're carrying that sort yeah. of. I imagine, I imagine Timothy, a lot of this stuff comes from from China, and I'm a big, big, uh, yes. you know, uh, you know, personal fireworks guy. Oh, we, sure. <laughs> every before we do about a 45 minute hour long show every Fourth of July, just me and my neighbors. But should we be concerned this year? Is there going to be a shortage, or with the lockdowns happening in China, or what's going on? Well, the good thing there, I can't guarantee prices will be the same, but the good thing there is that. Uh, 
throughout the pandemic, the consumer fireworks industry had record-breaking years. They sold every, they sold out of everything, and they had, they've had orders in for a long time. So, uh, containers are constantly coming in. Uh, from what I hear, the the companies I'm dealing with, showrooms are fully stocked, and and they're ready to to keep loading up the shelves once they start selling here as the summer months warm up. So how um how dangerous is this to these? Uh, I mean, you're talking about some pretty powerful explosives here, especially when you put a lot of them, them together. Have any ever like blown up or have you ever had a close call? There's been plenty of, of, of close calls. I mean, uh, um, you know, extreme measures are taken to, to prevent things. There's safety distances that once things are, are ignited, everybody needs to be uh, you know, several hundred, hundred feet away from them. So <laughs> uh, God forbid something goes off in the shell or in the tube. Yeah, absolutely. I imagine it's a really, really competitive niche. You know, we talk about uh, going just hauling the shows for like uh, rock concerts and stuff like that, right? And you can't be late, right? Uh, So this has got to be really competitive. You've got to be really, really trustworthy. What are are some, you got any stories of, I mean, have you ever shown up late and like they were ready to buy some sparklers or something like that because they didn't have the pyros? (laughs) The the people that are on the show sites, Everything is is very well planned out, and and the people there to to put on the show, um, you know, they're they've had to make adaptations from from time to time to to make sure. But um, the customer satisfaction is, you know, some of the background work that goes into making sure the show goes off. You know, they don't always even know um, this. You know what it what it. This takes. is a yeah, this is a very niche space. But how demanding and competitive competitive is the event logistics environment? They're not going to just give anybody the Super Bowl, no. right? No, no, not at all. Um, you know, our company does everything from you know small village Fourth of July shows to obviously, as you mentioned, Super Bowl stuff. But it's. Um, it's in very, very high demand. The drivers are all, you know, some of the most credentialed drivers out there. Um, you know, sky high insurance coverage. Um, there's, there's tons that goes into it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's competitive. It's challenging. And in, in that live event space, uh, I believe trucking is what they list as their number two challenge, second only to people. So. Wow. Well, so do you guys, like, I've always loved yeah. in, like, wrestling when Kane goes like this and the fire shoots up from, like, the turnbuckles. <laughs> that stuff's awesome. Do you guys install any of this stuff, or are you just bringing the stuff back and forth? Like, do you also have to have, like, that element of it, that rigging element, too? Yeah, the, I mean, the, the trucking side of it, that's that's new to the last two years. Uh, the, the production side uh-huh. of it's been uh, around uh-huh. for a very long time. The special effects division uh, started growing not as not as old as the fireworks, but um, and and by the way, they might need to update our website. WWE is a customer as well. So oh, oh beautiful. Well, hey. so they <laughs> you started installing and doing all the production yeah, of this stuff. I thought that you when you said that, you, I thought the pivot was My like bad. into wider market because yeah. events were um, dying down during the pandemic. Now now I get it. Yeah yeah yeah. It, it's totally. a little yeah it's a little of both. Um, you know, broader industry appeal and capabilities, but you know, pivoting back to those niches that we have had long, uh, many, many years of experiences. You know, it's uh, that's very cool. It's how a do you level see, of uh, flexibility. How do you see fuel costs impacting operations, especially if they stay sustained? 
Oh, it's, I mean, it's hugely impactful. It, it's, you know, with the, the price having been low for a while and spot rates being great, it was, it was really a good environment for, for learning the four hire trucking side of it. Um, and, and that has us seeking a lot more direct, uh, dedicated work, you know, building out relationships with, within the entertainment logistics to, uh, to be in the more, the more profitable sectors of hauling. I got to imagine it's pretty, pretty, uh, uh, maybe not easy, but it's a good thing to be able to walk into a client and say, Hey, we've got this four hire side now. We've been in the business. We've done all this kind of stuff. So you're a trusted entity, even though you're relatively new, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, bringing it full circle on, uh, a range of services that we can provide that, you know, before it was more just on the production element. So yeah. what would you rather do for, uh, this is for my wheel of stupid, my own stupid head. Oh. This is for my wheel of my own stupid head. What would you rather do, wrestle Kane for five minutes or be the lead singer of Fallout Boy for five minutes on stage? You just are warped there right now. You got to figure it out on the fly. The lead singer. Yeah. More into the music side of it than, than the yeah. wrestling. Okay. I hear you. Is that because you're a better singer, or are you just the pain's less to be embarrassed as a singer than to get your butt kicked? Yeah, have you seen Kane, Kane before? I mean, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's the mayor of Knox yeah. County down, that, down he, over there. He, he is, is the mayor. He's up in Knoxville, right? He is. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife's a private voice and piano teacher, so oh, I well, think hey, he's got a couple extra right. lessons. He's in. there. Well, hey, man, how do people, we, we're running out of time here, but how do people uh, connect with your company and reach out to you? We're on, you know, all the social media. Uh, platforms, fexpedited.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Plan on uh, reaching out to some of your, your uh, guests before me there. Um, sounds like Ascent has some niche work that we could help out with. But um, Could be. Bring it all around. Social media. Bring it around. Thank you, sir. Take cool. it easy. Good times. All Appreciate right. it. Take care. Thanks, yeah. Tim. Thank you. A little fireworks. I hope we have a lot of pyro uh, in Arkansas future supply chain. I keep asking. Oh, yeah. It's Can they get bad. me a ring of fire for us to, like, jump through? Desk pyro, anything? Ooh, some desk Should we pyro. make sure to bring some, like, sparklers in those little... Uh, we'll be allowed to? Do you think we can light off a sparkler inside there? I'll do, what are they going to do? Kick us out? We're supposed to... Possibly, yes, really Nobody's doing the show. I've been kicked out of worse places. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Let's get a little big deal, little deal. That'll be a big, 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 big deal. Little deal. <laughs> you pick by the way would you rather wrestle Kane for five minutes like you just warp down you're now like the jobber who would be wrestling I think it would be fun to wrestle him if I knew kind of had a little coaching beforehand don't yeah. you think that'd be fun take some bumps it might be hurtful a little you were bit in but like be a blast. cast for like weeks though yeah like follow up boy if you just like went up there you started singing you didn't know the song it could just like go, go kind of viral I would just jump into the crowd I'd be like, yeah, I, I if I wrestle the rest fan. of the members of Fallout Boy. Well, I would, I would pretend I was like a fan <laughs> who took the stage. Yeah, How many members of Fallout Boy could you beat? Let's, let's take a look at a video. Match. Let's take maybe a little bit of how this person's driving. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Oh, no. We're looking at here. This guy's in a four-wheeler. He's in his four-wheel sedan, and he's got a bunch of wood. He's got like eight-foot-long wood boards, and he put them horizontally through his window. And they just kept driving. And he just kept driving, just They're as that dad said. They're oh, still driving. My goodness. I don't. He didn't oh, rack. He didn't put on his roof. He didn't no, he it. took out a couple signs, a couple cars. How He's did, lucky one of them didn't split and have him whack him in the back of the head. That has to be like intentional, right? 
how did he get all the way there? I I mean, <laughs> it, was it just a, was it a Home Depot just like right off the uh, side of the freeway? Uh, I, I don't know. But if anybody helped him load that, they'd have to be a little bit liable for what's going on. There. I don't know what's funnier, him driving or the guy's reaction. Oh, my. It, look, look at that. Can you believe oh it? He just keeps going. <laughs> it's a little crazy. Hey, check out what's going on here, man. This guy is uh, this guy's out of control. Ooh. Check that out. Right in. Swerves. Look at this nice move. And then. Right, nails so we got that like guy. A, what is that, like an early 2000s Explorer? Yeah, an Explorer runs into a truck. It's a trailer. Pulling a little trailer, swerves okay. out to the right, and then hooks right around Boom. him and nails somebody right up against the wall. Oh, and he Boom. got, so he got, he didn't just hit the trailer. Then the truck itself hit the wall, and he hits the Explorer again. Look at this. Then the Bam. Explorer ends up all the way back. He goes across every single lane and comes back over here comes and nails over. that black car. Yeah, that was just right again over the passing lane. Yeah. Just parked there, waiting to see what happens all by himself. I'm not going to get hit. Bam! Also, no, what's a big deal? That that heads-up play by that driver. Yeah. Being aware of what's going on on the road. That could have been way worse for the red truck here, who's by no fault of his own. Although, i got to say something. You pulling a trailer? Stay out of that left lane. Yeah, I don't know why he was doing that. Maybe that was a bit of road rage that went out of control. Maybe he pulled up on him being smart guy, brake checked him. I don't know. Passed on the weekend by some idiot going like 95 trail on a boat, though. You oh, know. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to blame the guy. I mean, he got run into it. It's not necessarily no, his yeah, fault. No, yeah, we don't know whose fault that was, but it was crazy. Man. All right, take a look at how this guy gets diesel. I know this is how you're pulling in to get uh, your engine filled. Look at this. Oh, I'm right around the corner. Wait, let's over see here. what. Let's view his technique. He's coming in. Nice. He's hydroplaning Starts down. Good. Starts well. Is that one of the Nicolas? Is that that cab over Nicola? It I don't is, know. He's in a tanker is. truck too, and boom, boom, just stops right at the pump. That could have. He's him. right there, man. That, that could have gotten way worse. What if that thing? What if that thing spills? What if he knocks over that gas thing? That <laughs> yeah, could have been thinking, like a giant fireball. I'm thinking this could have been bad. Maybe, maybe we should have kept Timothy on for a little bit Talking of shows to pyrotechnics, pyrotechnics right? right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the bigger deal here, the big deal here, is that that's an electric truck pulling that tanker. <laughs> Just pull, yeah, that's that. That's that Nicola. Yeah, <laughs> is that Nicola sliding? In? That's pretty good technique. I'm pretty good at that too. Like Check out this technique. No harm, no foul. What do we got here? Yeah, well, this is that giant bulge thing. I don't know. Does anybody ever get over this darn? Thing. Check well, this out. Bulge. This is the first time I've seen the bulge. I th- is this a double bus from London? It is a du- look. Two tankers, two or two uh, uh, um, intermodal boxes. Okay, no, this is a day cab. Right here, guys. Right, oh, the day cab. oh, he lost his hood. The hood got launched. Yeah, the hood got launched. Well, check it out. He didn't even have that top uh, container locked down to the bottom one. I, so this I is mean, called like N- is this that NTG game? Is that the engine on here that they make all this stuff? I'm getting like fascinated by these things. I'm I, all, all I, I don't now. know. I, I watch these things, but I haven't researched to see what they are. This is crazy though. Wouldn't that be a thing? Cruising down a road with double stack containers on the back of your truck <laughs> and trying to hit the giant bulge? <laughs> yeah, like, what, the giant bulge. Wouldn't it? I mean, if I might just Boom. try to go around it. Yeah, I'm not going over that. But. It's, what happens when you hit the top anyway? Like, you have to launch. It's not like you can just, like, go over and crest well, that. The problem is, is the immediate slope change, right? Yeah, that's like... That he hits. That's you like having the spot market. People go, well, it came up from record highs. Well, I know, but if you go <laughs> off record highs and you build up all that speed and momentum, right. the come down crashes a lot worse. Yes, that's right. Especially when you put spikes right. all over the land, like rising diesel costs and everything else that's going on in the market. <laughs> that's right. That is exactly You know what? Right. You might want to unwind. You might want to go down to Atlanta over the weekend and ride one of those pedal cabs, right? That, dude. that doesn't look all that fun. You're sweating and you're drinking beer and I don't, I don't understand that either. Why would you want to work? That sounds like a terrible idea about five minutes into it, but let's take a look at a picture here. According to Fox 2 Atlanta, police said the driver of a pedal cab faces DUI charges related, related to a crash that injured 15 people. So the driver of that thing was getting hammered too. Well, uh, cool. It happened on 14th Street, West Petrie Street in Midtown. Police did not name the driver but said they faced DUI and a business permit violation. Stay out of the pedal cabs, people. 
He didn't even hit anybody. They flipped over. They flipped, but he, someone, two of them are like critically injured. Yeah. <laughs> 15 people injured over this thing. He's not getting that million mile safe, no, safe driver thing. No, he's got to start the clock. No. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger and tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.